0: I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so glad you guys made it out. I have a word today that I want to share with you. Uh, but before we do, I, I, I would love for you guys to indulge me in a question that I have for you guys today, okay? I want to take a survey of our church today, see who's in the house today, okay? Um, so I, I want you to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 100, okay? 1 to 100. So if you are like, like and the question is, how good are you? How good are you if you were to give yourself a number, what number would it be anywhere from one to one hundred? if you um, are on the lower end you know then you would be very good if you were on the higher end then you would be more more higher you know like for example, Jesus would be like a hundred okay Jesus would be like a hundred so so I, you're not Jesus, so you're not 100, okay? I just wanna let you know, so don't, don't give yourself 100 because you might think you're good, but you're not that good, okay? So you're, you're, you're not 100. So on the lower end, one, two, three, you know, the lower end, that would be more like Hitler or like, you know, an ax murderer or all those New England Patriot fans, you know, that on the lower <laughs> end of the spectrum. On the higher end, you know, more like Billy Graham, Mother Mother Teresa, you get my drift, you you guys follow what I'm saying? Okay, so let's say 1 to 30. How many of you guys think, you know, well actually no, no, no. Tell your neighbor to your right or to your left what number you would give yourself, okay? Go ahead, go. Tell your neighbor, what number would you consider yourself? All right, all right, all right. I, I can see yourself. Some of you guys didn't just give a number you're like defending your answer you're like this is why because I see some reactions they're like no 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 you're not and you're like trying to explain to them why you think you're that number very good very good okay so I want to um I I want to uh uh, find out if you would help participate with me today find out from you guys uh how you scored okay so those of you who would think you're on like one to thirty one to thirty if you gave yourself that number, would you raise your hand? Raise your hand if you think you're like 1 to 30. Okay, I got some hands over here. Got some hands in the back. Anyone else in the middle? Nobody in the middle? I got some hands back here, okay. Got some hands up here, okay. to th- Keep your hands up. Those of you who are 1 to 30, 1 to 30, okay. Ushers, will you come around and remove these people from here? These are really bad people, and they shouldn't be in church today. We do not want you here. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. We love the... Bad people too, that's okay, it's okay, okay. If you are 31 to 50, you rated yourself 31 to 50, raise your hands, let's see. I got a couple hands in the back here, over there in the back, okay. Got a couple hands, all right, all right. Keep them up, keep them up, you guys. You guys are on the lower half of the hundred. Keep them up, I hope you don't feel bad, but you're on the lower end. You guys are the ones that make the upper hand, upper half possible, so that's all right. I hope you don't feel too bad, but okay, put your hands down, all right, good, good. Now. 51 to 80, 51 to 80. If you rated yourself 51 to 80, raise your hands. Okay, I got a couple of hands there. I got a couple of hands in the back. Anybody else? Okay, a hand in the back. Okay, 51 to 80, okay. If you see anybody with the hand raised 51 to 80, go ahead and tap them on the shoulder and tell them you're a good person. Good job, you're you're, you're good, you're good, you're you're pretty good, you're pretty good, okay, Um, 81 to 100, this is like the cream of the crop right here, this is like the best of the best, if you rated yourself 81 to 100, raise your hands, raise your hands, I just want to see, I got a couple of hands over here, I got a hand over here, yes, don't be shy, raise your hand, you guys are so perfect, raise your hands, you make us all feel so bad, raise your hands, All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Way to go. Awesome. Okay. Well, that helps me. Now, I would love to ask you, if you have your Bibles, if you would open them up to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. I want to introduce you to a couple people, two people, two guys who, you know, we just did that, that's that one to 100, like survey, right? We did that. Say These guys I'm going to introduce you to are nowhere near that end of the 81 to 100. Nowhere near that part. These guys are on the lower end of the spectrum. And we're going to talk, I'm going to introduce you guys to them, and we're going to talk a little bit about them today. They're the two thieves, the two criminals, okay? And so in verse 32, here's what the scripture says. Two other men, two other men, both criminals, in other words, not good people, not good people, on the lower end of that spectrum we talked about, were also led out with Christ to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him, Jesus, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And so just to drive this home a little bit, who are we talking about? We're talking about two what? Help me out. Criminals, criminals, right? These guys are not good people. They're not good people. They're actually really... Really bad people. Not only were they not good people, but chances are very good that they were like the worst of the worst. I mean, these were like the lowest in the low of society, okay? And so when Jesus lived, crucifixion was just one of the most expensive ways to kill somebody, it was one of the most expensive ways. To kill and to execute someone, and if you were to be uh, executed that way, there was one of two reasons. Okay, one of the reasons that you would get executed on a on a on a cross like that was first, it was to publicly humiliate you. You wanted the the, the Roman government wanted to publicly humiliate you. The second reason is because they wanted you to go through excruciating pain. Excruciating pain. In fact, um, the word excruciating it literally means out of the cross ex crucifix it literally means out of the cross it's a very expensive way to execute someone why was it expensive why because it would take at least four roman soldiers to crucify you it would take a centurion guard as well to crucify you and then they would put you on this cross nail you on this cross and you would be there for days and you would be there fighting for your breath for days hanging on a cross naked and while you're there, the sun is beating on your head for days. You're going mad, and there's all types of animals crawling and eating away at your flesh. It was one of the most torturous ways to die, one of the most humiliating ways to die. And so they have Jesus on this cross, and the reason they have him up there is because the Roman government is trying to say something. They're trying to make a point, right? He called himself the king, but the Roman government wasn't comfortable with putting that on a board, on a sign, so they just let him call himself the king of the Jews, and people that they would normally crucify on the cross was normally not a Roman person, it was usually like a Jewish slave of some sort, and so here they put Jesus on the cross, and they put this sign that says king of the Jews, they didn't even give him the right title, because he called himself the king, not the king of the Jews, but they said, all right, now you're not really the king. We'll just make fun of you by calling you the king of the Jews, and so they put it up there, and they were doing it to try to say, yeah, you thought you were king, but look at yourself now, Jesus. You're not as good as you thought, and everything you said, it was like, you know, up there on the cross, he was, it was, everything he was saying was like flying in the face of. You get what I'm saying? Like, like everything he was trying to do and say while he was here on earth. Okay, now you end up on the cross. And as if to add insult to injury, not only is he up there, he's up there with two criminals on his side. So guilty by association. These people were really, really bad, the worst of the worst. I mean, you guys, in our society, It doesn't even compare, like, we we have a different standard of what we consider bad than in the Roman government. In the times of the Romans, they they let things go. I mean, if you study their culture, they let really bad things go. So for them to actually decide to arrest and put two criminals, I mean, you guys, these were the worst of the worst. It would be reprehensible to us in our time. And yet, so here they are. So here he is, Jesus Guilty by association, these two really bad, bad people up on the cross. They're, they're sending a message. You're not as good as you think you are, Jesus. You're not who you say you are, Jesus. And let's keep looking here, the verse 39. It says, um, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, Since you are under the same sentence, he continued, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, Jesus, he's done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And interestingly enough, Jesus answers this guy who's talking to him. This guy who is fighting for his last breath, just as much as Jesus is there as well, fighting for his last breath. And, and even in that moment, Jesus still offers this criminal hope, hope beyond the grave. And so this criminal, he couldn't all of a sudden climb off that cross, right? There was nothing this criminal could do on that cross to do good. Like he couldn't go feed a homeless person. He couldn't, like, go help a widow. He couldn't, like, you know, help an elderly person across. There was nothing good this criminal could do, and yet Jesus offers him hope beyond the grave. And look what he says to the criminal. Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. So this story, you guys it could be very problematic for some of us. (laughs) It could be very problematic because it illustrates one of the most important truths and corrects one of the biggest misunderstandings of our world today. One of the most common misunderstandings of our world today is that good people go to heaven. Good people go to heaven. The only thing we, we haven't quite figured out yet is like how good you have to be, right? Like, if we go back to that spectrum of 1 to 100, where do you have to be on that spectrum to consider yourself good? Is it like 50? You know, 1 to 100, so is it like 50, or no, let's say 51, you're on the top half, right? Is it there, or is it the, you know, your last 10 years of your life, you behaved better than the previous 10 years of your life, so that's what's going to get you into heaven. Is it that? This is not what the scriptures say. And so we, 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 don't, we don't really know what the magic number, we don't know what the tipping point is, right? We, that, that's what we don't know. We don't know how good is good. And so the problem is that the story, this story perfectly illustrates that good people do not go to heaven. Wait, what? Good people don't go to heaven? Then who goes to heaven? Well, I, I want to tell you about that today. I, I want to talk to you about that. Good people do not go to heaven. Only Forgiven people go to heaven, and there's a huge difference, huge difference. Good people do not go to heaven, because in reality, none of us are good, none of us are good. The Bible says, Scripture says that God alone is good, and so we like to compare ourselves to other people, but the Scriptures say, no, 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 compare yourself to Jesus, the one that got the 100 on the spectrum. And so because of that, all of us are less than 100. So none of us are good. None of us are good enough. And so only forgiven people go to heaven. And I want to show you why. Let's look at today at this forgiven criminal. And we're going to see that there are two things that would help us understand how to be as well a forgiven person. How to be as well so we can apply it to our lives. So if you're taking notes, the first thing is, number one, is that this forgiven criminal he, I, I notice he, he does something. He admits that he's wrong. He admits that he's wrong. And that's what the criminal did. He says, hey, I've sinned. I messed up. I don't deserve this. I was wrong. Look at verse 41. He says, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. In other words, we have sinned, okay? We haven't, we don't measure up now now what's interesting today is is that so many people, you guys, so many people, they hate to admit that they're wrong. Can I get somebody to say yes? yes? They hate to admit that anything is wrong with them, that they're they're wrong. We we compare ourselves to others and we say, well, I'm not perfect, but at least I'm not. Like this, right? At least I, I, I hope I'm better. Maybe I'm better. I, I, I hope I'm better than this. I mean, I, I might not be like 100% perfect, but at least I'm not as bad as some other people. We think that. I remember when I was a, when I was a kid, how people, when I was growing up, they used to tell me, "Um, man, you're, you're such a good kid. You're such a good... I remember growing up hearing that over and over again. You're such a good kid. You're such a good person. And I remember thinking... Well, the, the people that were telling me this was like, I, I grew up in the inner city, of uh, I grew up in the inner city, and so you know they're comparing me to their kids who are like gang members and drug dealers and foul mouthed troubled kids. So compared to them, you know moms would come with, I wish you were like my my son was like you, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, compared to them, I'm an angel, right? I'm not that bad of a kid, and so but I remember the first time, remember the first time that I admitted that I was not an angel. I admitted that I was a really bad person. And I remember I was about six or seven years old, and I I was sitting in the kitchen table in our house, and I was nursing a wound. I had fallen on a pavement, and I had gotten a little scratch on my my leg next to my knee, and I was nursing it up. And in those days, I'm kind of dating myself, but we used to use iodine iodine like this red ink you would put on your and I liked it because it was way better than the alcohol that it would sting you know so this at least didn't hurt when you put it on and I remember nursing it and uh, and I remember seeing a cup of grape juice on the table and it was my my grape juice and I remember seeing it and I just remember getting curious and I'm like iodine is red grape juice is like purple reddish black well and I started doing like this curious scientific thing you know just checking it out and I started putting the drops of iodine In the cup of grape juice you know and I was like let me see if it changes any color no it doesn't really change any color and I put a little more and then I started to think you know the reason I fell down was because of my sister my sister pushed me on the floor and that's why I got to get her back how can I get her back I wonder what would happen if I got her to drink this grape juice and so I took the iodine I put a little bit more in the in the grape juice and uh, my sister was upstairs in her room, and I was in the kitchen. I called her down. I said, hey, and she came down, and I had this like in the center of the table, and I'm sitting back here like this, you know, and she comes down the stairs, and I'm like, I'm hungry. Can you make me something to eat? I can't walk my knee, and so she opens the fridge, puts her head in the fridge, you know, looking for snacks, and, and I'm like, hey, are you thirsty? And she's like, I am, but there's nothing left to drink. You drank all the grape juice. And I was like, oh, well, guess what? There's a little more right here. And I just slide it a little bit closer to her on the table. And and she's like, oh, and I'm like, I don't want any more. You can have it. And so she's like looking at me suspiciously as an older sister would do to a younger brother. And she's like looking at me all suspicious, but then she grabs it. And sure enough, she goes ahead and drinks the whole thing. And as she drinks the whole thing, I bust out laughing. And I'm just laughing and laughing, and and I'm laughing so hard, I can barely talk. And so what I'm doing is, all I can do is just show her, like, gestures, you know, like, what I do. She's like, what happened? What'd you do? And I'm like, ah, ha, 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 you know, laughing so hard. And all I can do is point to the grape juice, point to the iodine, you know, do this motion, and point to her, and you drink it, ah, ha, 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 ha. And she looks horrified, and she starts screaming, mommy, right, she starts screaming mommy, and so my mom comes running, what happened? What did you do? And she tells him, I couldn't, because I was still laughing, and she tells her what I did, and my mom who worked in the ER at that time worked, she had gotten store, you know, cases where kids were coming in who had drank iodine, and how it can kill you, and how it does kill you, and so she's like, what? So she's freaking out, and she did a couple karate chop moves on me, and set me upstairs, and that's when I like sat in the bathroom door closed the door and hunched down and started to think about how bad oh my gosh I almost poisoned my sister wait I did poison my. I poisoned my sister and I almost killed wait a minute I just tried what if she dies what if what if I become known as the brother who killed his sister oh my goodness how could I do something like I am a bad person I I am a really bad person so I thought maybe up until then Maybe it was like batting 80 on that scale of 1 100. But at this point, I'm like negative 20, right? I'm like, how could I have done this? I, I, I don't get it. But there I am admitting how bad of a person I am. And yet today, all over the world, we've got people convinced I'm pretty good. I'm not a bad person. I'm better than most. I, I hope I'm good enough. Maybe many of you here, you feel that way. That you hope you're good enough, and so what I want to do today is I want to actually prove to you that you're really not. <laughs> so welcome to the Doral Vineyard, where we tickle your ears and tell you what you want to hear. You're not that good. Let's look at this forgiven one, the criminal. He number one, he admits that he's wrong, and this is key, you guys. He says, "I've sinned. I've done something." Look at what his words. He, he's like, "For you know, I, you're getting punished for what." You know, what you didn't do, we did something wrong. So number one is admit it. Number two is, look at what he does. This forgiven criminal, he asks for help in faith. Now don't miss this. Both of the criminals ask for help, I noticed in this passage. Both of them, they, they, they go and they ask. And you know, a lot of people today, we ask God for help, right? We do. We may not be sure if there is a God, but if there is a God, would you help me? They they certainly wanted God to help them, to help them in their life. The first criminal, he does this. Look at what he says to Jesus. He says, Jesus, if you were looking back at that passage, if you are the son of, if you are the Christ, save yourself. And hey, while you're at it, save us too. Get us down from that cross and make our life better, right? That's what he's saying. He's like, you know, go ahead and and make us better. And so many of us, were like that too. God, if you're real, will you heal my grandmother? Will you give me that raise? Will you get me that promotion? Will you help me get that date, right? Will you help me buy that house? Would you, you know, help me, God? If you're there, help me now. But the forgiven one does something completely different. He asks for help in faith. Here's what he said in verse 42 and 43. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Check this out. Both thieves were guilty, both of them. Both of them were suffering severely. Both were dying and both needed a savior. Both heard and they saw the same things during those faithful six hours that they had on that cross. One was forgiven and one wasn't. The reality is that every single one of us here, we are one of two thieves. The amazing thing to me is that there will be those of you that are sitting here, there will be people that are sitting side by side you, right next to you, on your right and on your left. One of you, your eyes are gonna open spiritually and, and you're gonna call on Christ. And you're gonna admit that you're wrong and that you need to ask him in faith, ask him for help in faith, and you're gonna be forgiven for everything you've ever done. And you're gonna to be totally transformed by God's power. You're gonna be brand new spiritually and your life on earth and eternity will never ever be the same. And sitting right by you, you there'll be someone else and you're gonna hear the same things. You're gonna have the same need and go, oh well, that was nice. Easter was nice. Where are we going for lunch? And nothing happens. Both with the same need and the same opportunity, and one is completely transformed, and the other one, nothing happens, stays exactly the same. You and I are one of two thieves. It doesn't matter what number on that spectrum of one to 100 you find yourself in. It doesn't matter where you are. We are on, we're on that cross, we're on one of two of those crosses. Though the repentant thief was hanging on a cross with spikes through his hands and nails in his feet, though he was fighting for every breath, through, through his life was slipping, though his life was slipping away, he saw something that the other thief completely missed. And when he looked at Jesus, something in his heart changed. We don't know what it was. We don't know what caused it. Maybe it was that Jesus endured this senseless beating or the torture without ever striking back. It could have been when Jesus hung on the cross and he said these words, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing, right? It could have been when the sun and the sky went dark at noon. It could have been simply a look from Jesus when he glanced over in his way and, and he felt that love, that unconditional love. It, or it could have been that the criminal had heard the stories of Jesus, how Jesus would actually love people and befriend sinners, though we will never know what it was, we do know that this thief experienced the love of God through Jesus Christ. And because he admitted it, and he asked for help in faith, and he responded, Jesus responded by offering him hope beyond the grave. And when he could do nothing to make things right, Jesus simply said, today you will be with me.